This episode is brought to you by Shopify. Forget the frustration of picking commerce platforms when you switch your business to Shopify, the global commerce platform that supercharges your selling wherever you sell. With Shopify, you'll harness the same intuitive features, trusted apps, and powerful analytics used by the world's leading brands. Sign up today for your $1 per month trial period at shopify.com slash tech, all lowercase. That's shopify.com slash tech. All right, listeners, we have some exciting news to share. Once again, the entire Deeply Graphic Design team will be partnering with the Adobe Max Creative Conference this October 15th through the 17th in Los Angeles, California. Designers from all over the world come to Adobe Max to up-level their work, their process, and the creative journey. Max is the perfect blend of information and inspiration, practical knowledge, and creative magic. Not only will we be there for live interviews and episodes, but the Adobe team has also arranged a special discount for all of our DGDC listeners. Use the code DGDC to receive your discounted rate and stay tuned for more information on future episodes. We can't wait to meet you guys at Adobe Max. You're listening to the Deeply Graphic Design Cast, the show about all things design from the creative side to the business side and all points in between. Follow the show on Twitter at Wes McDowell. Want the gang to answer your question on an upcoming episode? Send in your listener question to questions at thedeependdesign.com or via Twitter using hashtag DGDC. Here are your hosts. Wes McDowell in Chicago. Mikkel Morrison in Seattle. Nick Longo in Los Angeles. All right. So want to thank everybody for continuing to listen to our little show here. Um, <laughs> we love... We love getting the new listeners, and we really love uh, the ones who have been with us since day one. The OGs. The ride or die, as we call them, the OGs, yeah. <laughs> since before you got to us, Nick, some people I know. are even I, older I than I guess you. I'm an OG listener. <laughs> you are. Yeah. Let that be a lesson to the kids. Maybe one day you one day. can replace Nick. Keep your feet the on the ground the and show. keep reaching for the stars. <laughs> yeah, exactly. But, um, but yeah, speaking of old shows... Um, so some of you may notice that uh, on the feed, we only have about 100 episodes at any given time. The last 100 episodes, it's a glitch with iTunes that we just cannot work out. So what I've done is I've put all the right now we have like 60 or 61 old episodes that I've put into a Google Drive folder and you can access all of them. Nice. All we ask is that you um, share the show with a friend. So it's uh, there's a little button if you go to thedeependdesign.com slash classics, because they're the classic episodes. It's, uh, <laughs> it's they're, like we're they're, on... They're black and white, yeah. It's like we're on the I Love the 80s on uh, MTV or something. <laughs> exactly. <laughs> the they're all classics. black and white, but they're, you know, they're a little grainy. But, Greatest uh, hits. Yeah. <laughs> and there's a lot of uh, pre-Nick stuff on there, too. So there That's you go. right. Uh, but go there. And there's a little button that just says pay with a pay with a tweet or pay with a post. And so you're just going to click that and you're going to, you know, share the show on Twitter, on Facebook, LinkedIn, whatever. And doing that gives you access to that Google Drive folder so uh, you can listen uh, to your little heart's content. Nice. Because I know you don't because I know 100 episodes of us droning on about design is is never enough. <laughs> you need 60 more. 
<laughs> exactly. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> That's fantastic. I, I like that yeah. we got a classic section now. It's pretty awesome. Yeah, we've it's it's kind of weird. I feel old that we've been around long enough to have a classic section, but there it's it good, is nonetheless. That's a good problem to have. Exactly. So nice. what are you uh, kids up to this summer? What's going on? Summertime. Feels good. Huh? Mikkel and I were just chatting while we were getting ready of like trying to find the right time to take any time off. It's been difficult, but yeah, it's coming in little spurts. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Rather I mean, than like what's traditionally the time off, you know? Right. Gosh. Yeah. And I, I've got a lake trip, my like annual lake trip with my uh, my family coming up and it's it's a week and I uh, don't know how I'm going to do it, but because they yeah. have no internet, like we're whenever there, we have only one requirement for a McDowell family vacation, which is you, you must have no phone service and no internet whatsoever. That's smart. Well, I that, think that kind should be of, anything that nowadays. Kind of, that kind of parallels nicely with what we advise on this show, which is quality of life. Take a break for yourself. Mm-hmm. Yeah. But you got to get away from family sometimes too. It's just <laughs> well, that's like that's the rub. It's like yeah, you're disconnected from electronics. Yeah, that would be hard. Surrounded by family, no exactly. cell coverage. That would be really hard. That would yeah. be hard. I, I mean, I our that, family trips are very much like Griswold family vacations in a way. So it's that's awesome. Sometimes you just need the. <laughs> there's always a meltdown toward the end, and you know, you end up getting used tree. to it. When I did it, the last cruise we did, they, you are no one opted for the the Wi-Fi or the extra, you know, data with your like your cell phone coverage. Uh-huh. So there were uh-huh. good chunks of time of like two and a half days where until you ported or something, you had nothing. And the best part too was not even carrying your phone around for those few days. Yeah, that right. was a refreshing change. So. Well- why Cruise not? internet, yeah, like you, you have a choice oh, of sending your kid to college or having yeah. internet for the week on the, <laughs> and on and it's ship, the so. worst. It is the everyone was complaining about it too. So you're like, why yeah. even pay uh, even a small fee if it was? But so I, I think for being forced to do it was fantastic. And like we've always said too, like just prep for it. You know, make sure everyone knows this is. And I see that in a lot with people I follow or people I know who will post like going out or clients to going out for a week, whatever limit i have no internet access they're like telling you that right up and that's that's sure. smart you know that is that everyone is. deserves it work yep. will be yep. waiting for you when you get back <laughs> that is true yep. it doesn't it go anywhere, going anywhere. <laughs> yep you know who else isn't going anywhere is skillshare.com <laughs> i haven't done a segue in a while i kind of miss it i'm i feel a little rusty but i'll get it back <laughs> Skillshare, if you don't want to feel rusty, hey oh, here it goes. Um, <laughs> Skillshare is, okay, so but seriously, we love Skillshare. I use it all the time just to um, learn new skills. Like one of the things I'm trying to really dive into right now is uh, sales. Mm-hmm. Just, it, just to be better on the phone with prospects, to be able to really kind of sell the ideas of what I'm, of what we can do for them, just to get a few more clients through the door. So, and they have those kind of classes which is amazing, but they're, they're basically an online learning platform, over 20,000 classes in, you know, anything running your business, like sales, like I just talked about, or design, uh, marketing, technology, all that kind of stuff. And you can take classes in big, broad topics, uh, like, you know, logo design, or you can get really granular with uh, one specific type of logo design. So there's long classes, there's short classes, get in, get out. That's what I like to do. 
Um, so whether you're trying to deepen your skill set, start the side hustle of your dreams, or just explore a new passion, Skillshare is there for you to keep you learning and thriving. So, um, and I found one class that would be a good fit for today's episode, and that's called The Art of the Proposal. Nice. How to create web proposals that win projects. So just goes to show you there's really, they've got pretty much every base covered, which uh, good luck finding that in depth on YouTube <laughs> or anywhere else. I even love so, the fact that it's not so, it's not about everything's a design course, everything's a photography course. You got the right. sales course that is just giving you pointers on how to be better on the phone and talking to clients and things like that. Yeah, well, so, these are all the things that are- We all um, want those tips. Yeah, and like you can be kind of a shitty designer and a great salesperson, and you'll get you'll get way more business than if you were the opposite. Exactly, <laughs> you can be a great designer and a really terrible salesperson, and you congratulations, yeah. you'll never get a client. So, it's good to learn all the stuff that's uh, in your blind spots. Yeah. For um, sure. But anyway, we've worked out a deal with Skillshare.com for our listeners. Um, so, you can get two months of Skillshare for just ninety nine cents. That's right, folks. Skillshare is offering our listeners two months of unlimited access to the over 20,000 classes for just 99 cents. To sign up, go to Skillshare.com slash graphic. Again, go to Skillshare.com slash graphic to start your two months now. That's Skillshare.com slash graphic. All right. Third time's a charm. We always got to mm-hmm. say it three times. <laughs> All right. So today... Bring it home, Wes. Uh, bring it home. Bring it on home. <laughs> We're done. We're home. So today's topic... Um, it's an interesting one for me. It's one I don't really deal with. However, I know that a lot of people out there um, are probably faced with this yeah. conundrum uh, on uh-huh. a regular basis. So we're talking yeah. all, all about RFPs and just figuring out if they're a time suck or time well spent. Um, <laughs> be a little debate going here. Yeah. Not a debate. A 10-point checklist um, that you can really apply to any situation you find yourself in. To really ask yourself, okay, is this one going to be worth it or should I move on? Mm-hmm. Right. So before we start, do you guys get a lot of requests for proposals? And if so, how do you feel about them? What do you, what do, you do with them usually? That seems to be the bulk of, of anything new is obviously done through a request for a proposal. And mm-hmm. we take it – I try to take it as serious as possible and really have – those set kind of uh, templates ready to go for these kind of things. Um, and it's, I think we'll get into it a lot more, but I think that, like you said, the balance is really how much upfront do you do because you do not get paid for these. You know, this is your right. time. Right, administrative this is your energy. time. And yeah. like with so many things we we talk about, when you get to do, when you do it once, you've got a great um, framework to use down the road and use it again and again and customize like per time. like a template, time. yeah. Yeah, and I think they just, they sharpen you up a little bit too. They give you a chance to really, um, me too. Right. Put together your sales strategy, reassess your qualifications all over again in in a certain area. Absolutely. Oh, and you learn with each one. I think you can mix and max and change some of your stuff. And even how you were saying earlier, Wes, about learning how to sell yourself and the right things to say that really, um, enhance strategy and things that you're going to do. Um, again, it's just a great way to put it all together and present it to a client um, in hopes for uh, the job to really come your way, you know. All right, cool. Plus, it's Very competitive. Good. I love it. <laughs> I kind of like it. You like you the know? competition part of it, yeah. So, how many? Oh, and what would you getting, say your batting average is? That's not a that's not a benefit to me all the time. It can be a bit 
anxiety ridden and stressful. Yeah, true. Um, because you can't pick up the phone or stop into a place and introduce yourself the way that you used to in the in the latter eighties and nineties. So, I um, yeah, you have to make your portfolio speak volumes from a visual perspective alongside your cover little letter phrasing or whatever it is kind mm-hmm. of pitch because they've all heard the same story, the, the same song from everybody else. What makes you unique? Which is so much easier to talk about than to. Yeah. Than to execute. Um, I personally have like um, proposal, you know, visual design proposal, batches of work and verbiage piled together, website proposal, batches of work and language together. And then I constantly revisit it and and update it ongoing. Print media, same thing. Large scale work, same thing. Because they're different animals completely, and there's a different way that you can sell yourself from an authentic standpoint. So it takes a bit of organization is the biggest yeah. thing, you know? Yeah, I'm sure. It's yeah. homework, man. Oh, and it's yeah, a I know, time but, suck. But it's, I guess sometimes, too, being forced to do it with a proposal um, opportunity is lights a fire under you a lot more than just you saying, oh, I got to redo my, my website. Oh, I got to update this or whatever. So honestly, when it becomes the fact that it could land you a big gig. And I think most of, I think it's good too to mention too, that RFPs are in so many big, the scope of them is, is very small to very big, right? Like it, this isn't just the biggest things in the world or big time agencies or big time people getting big time clients. It could be the small person starting off and through an opportunity, someone says, Hey, we talked about a scope of work. Give me a proposal. What's it going to? What's it going to cost me to work with you, Mikel, or US? So, like, I think all of, all our listeners can kind of take this into play and and find out how to make it work for them. You know, because RFPs have been the agency terminology for so many years, and now that we have so many of us that are running our own small agencies, and a lot of our listeners are too, it's falling into our world, and we got to kind of learn about it, which is you know why we're doing this. Um, you mentioned success rate. Wes, mm-hmm. with it, I'd say it's been pretty good. I, I would almost say, in most cases, seventy to eighty percent are win. Great. Well, then, yeah, with a track record like that, then you definitely have reason. Wait, you're saying from these. your perspective, given your experience, that's about what you would average. What my win, the success yeah, that you obtain with your business? Mm-hmm. Oh, I would yeah. say that's that's unordinarily high. Really? To be realistic. Yeah. Because yeah. it's, I well, let's, I, I guess, I know we'll get into our list here, but this is a good, this is maybe a good conversation. I think a lot of times if it comes to you um, via a great referral or a, a client. Oh, saying, I'm not counting that. That's you, good, good information. It's a, it's a, but it's a brand new client and you have not worked together. And sure, yes, but referrals are huge. Yes. Oh, of course. And I think that's the only way I'm. I'm fortunate enough to get a lot of the ones that come our way. So okay. I feel like that's already leveraged. Right? I was taking into assumption, get like, go, clean slate. Nobody knows anybody here. And you need to prove yourself with an RFP alone without having any connection. I guess, 70 yeah, to I 80 had, is not realistic. But how would, you, how, would yeah. it come your, how would it come your way then in a situation like that? Oh, LinkedIn Profinder. All the time. Oh, okay. Yeah. Gotcha. And I think so, I get most of mine through um, just internet searches. 
Yeah. Yes. Like people will Google like, you know, web designers in Chicago and they'll just, yes. they'll pick the top 20 and just send it to all the, all 20 who got gotcha. up. So yeah. yeah. And I think right. you're yeah, right. Chances are, are much more... higher and far better looking for those that are like, I haven't done support work for an account for maybe years, a couple of years. And they, I hear from them out of the blue, mm-hmm. but they know that they were, I was dependable at the time. They don't know how much I've grown since then. So you, now's the time to push the envelope and share with them what, what your senior level has expanded to at that time. True. That's yeah. You got to keep that up to date. Uh, with everything you're yeah, doing. Yeah, I could Nick, you made such a good point before about the resume thing. I mean, when people are working the grind and they you you're you're supporting a corporation or a, an organization that's full you've got a full-time role. Oh my gosh, it's so hard to make the time to update dust off your LinkedIn profile, everything, dust yeah. off your resume. It's so difficult to find that time whereas with this type of industry and constantly seeking work and or being requested for a proposal you have to keep all that up to date keeps you in check constantly yeah Yeah. i would say once every two weeks i'm updating something Mm -hmm. with respect to my portfolio or resume or pitch verbiage yeah yeah same here really regular but i'm just curious it's it's interesting maybe a whole conversation is how rfps come to you where i um i just feel that like i i i'll have a better rate if it comes through the referral or through the connection or through something that I Absolutely. did put out there and they, and yeah. it might've been an, an internet search or something. I've had two or three where that has happened, uh, where it came through, they found me organically with no connection or anything like that. Yes. Those are much more difficult because I don't think there's, there's some glue there. There's to no say foundation. Like, yeah. Yeah. You know, and I totally get well, that. Plus but, you're internet famous, Nick. So, I mean, pe- of course people are going to know about you. <laughs> of course. I know. Doesn't it always yeah. catch you a little off guard when you hear from somebody that's utilized your form page on your site? Oh my God. You're I'm like, like oh. I'm like, how'd you find Oh me? shit, that's right. I'm available <laughs> through my website. Because something worked. <laughs> Love it. <laughs> Hilarious. Okay. So do you guys want to get to the, the list yeah. here of the criteria? Yes. Yeah. Okay, cool. Yeah. So these are basically going to be 10 uh, questions to ask yourself every time you get one of these come through because you're going to be whenever I get one I mean I I don't even entertain them anymore just because of what my niche is which is to say I if you already know all your needs you don't need me because that's my differentiator is I find the needs Mm -hmm. for you and with you so if you already if you're just ask if you think you already know everything you need then you can I'm not the des- the designer for you, basically. Exactly. Exactly. Yeah. That's a good qualifier. Yeah. So I don't mm-hmm. even do them anymore. But for the rest of you who uh, who might, uh, there's ten questions here. So the first one is seems very simple. Are they a good fit for you? So kind of sounds like a no shit Sherlock, but um, <laughs> you know it's really good to ask yourself if this project because you're not necessarily going to win it. You're going to spend a lot of time putting this proposal together. So there better be a lot of upside if you do get it. Meaning, um, is it going to bring you closer to the goals of your business? Um, is it in your niche? Does it support like how you're trying to position yourself as a designer? So for instance, if you're you know a logo designer and you're trying to really break into the, the restaurant niche for logos, um, you know, 
it would be great if if it were that kind of a project. So it's good for your portfolio. If mm-hmm. it's a logo for a medical center, um, you know, it doesn't really bring you any closer to to that goal. So ask yourself yeah. those kinds of things. And do, do they really fit your avatar as your ideal client? Mm-hmm. You know, hopefully you've done that homework to know um, who your ideal client is and what they look like. So Yeah. Right. Yeah. I would say there's probably, like, can you guys name a, one exception to this thing? Like, if it wasn't a good fit, let's say, business-wise or the, the scope of, of or the realm of the industry you want to stick in or something like that, what would be a reason you would still take it if it was even a departure? Um, I would say if it paid well and if you mm-hmm. have the time on your plate to do yeah. it. Yeah. If you don't think it's going to take away yes, something else that might be better. Right. Right. You know? Right. Yeah. I know a lot of people who have also stretched their capabilities and their time and everything for an opportunity like this because of maybe the exposure it could give you in in a way too and get you a little bit more, I don't know, buzz, whatever it is. Yeah. And a few people I know who have done that with things that were so right or left field to them uh, in yes. their world. And they took an RFP and said, let me just, it could, it could totally catapult me to a whole other level. That's but exposure is one of those tricky things. Exposure is kind of elusive. And and by the way, if you're getting exposure in something that you don't even want to be doing, exactly. then that's, yeah, that like I could, <laughs> I could mow the White House lawn and I'd get great exposure, but I don't really want to be known for mowing lawns. <laughs> yeah, yeah. You know, like that's... I like that. <laughs> true. Yeah, I, I, I think um, if it, if it, veers off way too much than I guess it's all those things about balancing acts and leverage and levers. Like if one moves up, the other one like moves down. Like, you know what I mean? Like in a way where you're right, if it's way too odd of a job for you and exposure is the only benefit, it might not be the right thing. Yeah. Yeah. You know, and exposure is like promised a lot and very rarely does the exposure ever actually like pan out or turn into anything. Sure. Real. You know what I mean? Yeah. That's true. Or it, it maybe could, this, but or is it is the size of the client a huge step mm, to yeah. to consider and and it gets you out of you know D and C level and brings you to C plus or B minus <laughs> level. I, you know, I ask that yeah. with every everything because I want to stay close to my niche, but I have said yes and take and have done some proposals for things that are way out of you know the focus. But there were other reasons. And, you know, it's like you got to live with them. <laughs> sure. And at the or end of the day, yeah, it's all it's all a little bit of a give and take. And, yes. you know, with this list, yeah. it's not like you have to check off every single one. It's but just I would say the, this is one of the bigger ones. Yeah. Um, yeah. Yeah. And the, the next one, number two, is the flip side of this. Are you <laughs> a good fit for them? So this is really important, too, because... If you're think about any company that's asking you to do a proposal for them, um, if you are not a, okay, this is the best way to put it. I used to I moved to LA to be an actor many years ago. Mm-hmm. So if I'm going to an audition for a part that I have no business even trying out for, and there's going to be 20 other guys better suited for that part in the room, is yeah, am I going to even? I'm wasting my time even auditioning for that. So yeah, um, and. When you write a proposal like this, you're basically auditioning for the job. So if you don't feel like you have a real shot at it and you know that industry and have something to contribute to that, um, it might just be a huge waste of time. That's a good way to look at it, for sure. Yeah. You know, 
if it's that far of a reach, then you because someone else is going to be less far of a reach, you know? Yeah, yeah, exactly. Yeah, that makes right. sense, you know. Yeah. And I think it's true. Like if you um, to get that RFP, you have to have the the samples. You have to have the work in that background to probably even be considered for it. So again, if you're if you don't have those that case study to show perfectly for this answer, then maybe your answer on this one is no, you're not, you're not a good fit for them. Yeah. Right. Oh, and, yeah. and I should say too, that, cause I think I used to make this mistake. Um, when people would get in touch with me, I thought that always meant, okay, so you've seen my website, you've seen my work. You'd be amazed how many people actually don't pay attention to any of that. And will just call, no. if you're a web designer, yeah. they'll just call all the web designers that come yeah. up. Yeah. Yeah, because I'll be on a, like a consultation call with a client, and they'll be like, um, "So, can I see some samples of work you've done?" I'm just like, um, "They're um, they're right on my website." Right there. Yeah, like I don't, <laughs> I don't know if you need me to email you a PDF of them have, or yeah. have you heard of this thing called the internet? Yeah, <laughs> and websites. It's a website, kind of like what you're looking to develop for yourself. I so know. You <laughs> that's a but you know that's a good point. I, I, in looking at other people's sites sometimes or helping people with sites sometimes too and even getting getting feedback on mine i've got plenty of times it was sometimes the work wasn't so front and center and i think sometimes mm -hmm. designers are kind of not presenting it enough to be like whoa there's so many great visuals here of the work then there's the strategy and everything else so it's not hard to find you know what i mean like i think that might be a good tip too as mm -hmm. we're going through these things, it's like, I'm, I see that a lot too. It's almost like you have to search for the work. Shouldn't have to. Yeah. yeah. No, definitely not. You know? All right. So yeah, just make sure that, um, you've got the work to back up what they're asking for. Cause there they, you, you may assume that they have looked at your work and checked that box already on you when maybe they have not. So, yeah. All right. So number three, moving all along, is this a serious project? Meaning are they, kicking the tires is this something that like an overzealous uh marketing <laughs> manager just kind of thinks it's a good idea to start the process of putting together or do they have a budget and are they mm -hmm. ready to go soon so um you know if, if it's if it's poorly written or you know what i would actually recommend is to respond back to them and ask what is your timeline looking yep. like for this how soon do you want to get started and if yeah. they can't give you like a definitive, yeah, we're we're pretty much looking to go within a few weeks or a month, um, then I would probably probably pass on it. Oh my god, there's been I could tell you there's been two or three that I eagerly attacked and went after and didn't yeah. do this exact qualification, and then you find out it fizzled out. And mm -hmm. thankfully, there wasn't like upfront design work or anything like that. But the the time and the energy it took. And away from other projects, that I think that's the way to consider yeah. it, right? Yeah. That's always hard mm -hmm. well, when you've got good. multiple so-called deadlines moving at the same time. And yeah, but you, but in this in this type of position, you have to be multitask. Um, you have to have that skill set. It's, yeah, it's never going to be shift perfect. gears and yeah. focus on one thing and then go back. I mean, sometimes. I'm sure we all surprise ourselves with how many different files we touch in a single day. Mm -hmm. Yeah. <gasps> I oh am God. so bad yeah. about that. Like I'm, I <laughs> really you? have a hard, I have such a hard time switching gears. That's why I kind of time block things out. Good. Well, yeah. that makes like, you a good tabler. 
for you to yeah. compartmentalize though. Because mm-hmm. that's really essential as well. To not get discombob- you know, and distracted with the email up here and then your working file here and constantly be look. I mean, it's hard. Yeah. It's well, not hard. to say I don't do some of that ADD stuff. I definitely can do that. But it's really hard when like you get that call from a client where they just want one tiny little tweak. It's like now I have to like get my headspace around this for this tiny. I don't know. It's just a. I know. Yeah. It's a problem for me. <laughs> a whole no, it other, is. A it's a challenge. Episode. It is. Yeah. So, si- interesting sidebar question for you guys. Um, sure. But wh- how long would you, how long do you guys typically spend on a proposal based on an RFP? Are we talking an hour? Are we talking ten hours? It obviously depends on the size of it, and, sure. and a lot of and the answers to a lot of these questions. I think the last huge one I did. Uh, it was probably I had a week to fulfill it and give it to them. I made sure I gave it to them in just shy of a week. I wanted it to be a little on the early side, so I would say two to three, maybe two to two to three hours for about three four days. So a good amount of time over the course I, of three to four days. Okay, but I want I, yeah. That's I a mean, difficult okay. question. It depends so much on what you have readily available, or if you need to update or regenerate something. I really yes. wanted this T-shirt design project that mm-hmm. came my way, mm-hmm. and it's for a really great local company. And I was like looking through my stuff, and I was like, oh shit, I don't have, I don't have nearly enough portfolio items to kind of back up what I'm saying here. Yeah. So last weekend, I spent probably a good three and a half, four hours on creating that InDesign document that showcases my, Mm -hmm. showcases MKM design work. Mm -hmm. And it paid off because I got the gig. But I don't, I absolutely don't think had I not put in that time. Yeah. That I would, they would have considered me. Yeah. Yeah. Gotta yeah, and do I, the time. And and what's great too is like I remember I put together probably about like a fifteen page mini focused uh portfolio PDF in answer to this too that was relevant uh work to this particular um project. And now I have that and I've used it two other times when yeah, someone just you can apply it elsewhere. A request for a proposal, which doesn't like, hey, feel like it's wasted time when you know that you're going to reapply it in the future time oh my and again. God. And then you like, you're like, Oh wait, I made that somewhere. And you search for it. And you're like, boom. Yeah. Th- there it is. Yeah. Yeah. And you can, and then you'll, so you'll then update you... along the way, of course, yeah. for, you know, current day purposes, but 15 pages. Holy shit. That's so, <laughs> I'm, I, that's out I, of my I, league. I did get that one and we're just fine. We're just finishing it now. And it was a huge restaurant. So it was like, again, it was the size, like, if it if it's that yeah. big, and I know it's going to be like a yeah. four to six month. Because okay, so you knew it was going to comprise a number of design projects. Yeah. Is that oh, what gosh. you're saying? I mean, it's been there's like fifty pieces. It's to a this cohesive thing. family yeah. of a number of design elements that you have generated. And and you're the and you're I, I'm the branding person of this thing. Like so, you're it's, the cr- creative it's yeah consult the, the th- throughout it all. Employees are wearing. It's everything. So it's like yeah. To me, like you, you got to know the opportunity. I think th- I, that's very clear in in these points we're talking about. But knowing maybe it's great to say know the opportunity. How much is this going to be? Like it, if it again if it catapults you to another level of what you're trying to do. Uh, it's worth that little time because it's not 
uh, one of the articles I even looked up here was saying about like that. You're not giving up any of your secret sauce. You're not giving up like how you tackle the strategy and you're not giving away work. All you're doing is compiling your past and putting it in a really good uh, format for them to digest. Right. Mm -hmm. That's, that's all you're really kind of replying to with on this. Okay. This yeah. You know what, this is, that's a really good distinction to make. Cause if, if you've, you're proposing for a, a gig that's a cohesive family of parts, mm -hmm. um, that's a different ball game. And so, yeah, the 15 pager makes a lot more sense now. Oh yeah. yeah. Um, versus yeah. yeah, that's, that's a, that's a large commitment. And, and, you know, by and large, I would say those family-based projects of an, a number of, you know, brand-based items that have to have consistent flow or it's websites, mm -hmm. print media, it's stationary, brand stationary, direct mail pieces. That for us is over time. They're like, you, okay, well, let's tackle this first. Let's see how things go and, and assess how the business relationship is driving. Yeah. And then we've got a shitload of work for you thereafter if all goes well. Right. Totally agree. Yeah. And that's, that's another thing about like the, why I don't really do these kind of RFP proposals because the proposal does give away the secret sauce for, in my case, like the proposal involves all the strategy and like that's every different. important website strategy piece. Yeah. And then that's here's tough. how much I'm going to charge. Cause I pay for, I get, I charge for that part. Yeah. I charge for the, the strategy sessions and then I come up with the entire strategy. That's part of the proposal because I can't. Sure. I cannot give you a price until I know what we're doing, and that's yeah. Always... Otherwise, it's a giveaway. Yeah. Yeah. That's a really good. That's a really good point because this is this is so great because it's so dependent dependent on so many factors. I mean. Yeah. All three of us have completely different projects that are, you know, yeah. the bre bread and butter of our yeah. of our business. Yeah. And so with that comes completely different types of discovery engagement processes <clears throat> at the forefront. Yes. Mm -hmm. And so so similar I'm so glad Wes that you brought that up because I really watch it too. Like you don't want, don't want to give away your secret sauce. I love that term. So yeah. I'll I'll share that I've got knowledge on all the steps needed. But I won't give away what for you. This is what it's going to entail. Exactly. I was just because say, otherwise, yeah. if you don't get it, you just sh shit on yourself, and that's awful. You just did a giveaway. So, yeah. so giving give because then they're like, oh man, they really know what they're talking about. They've got an itinerary for us put together mm -hmm. without defining what what it's going to look like or what what it's going to entail and what this strategy encompasses. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Perfect. Yeah. That's yeah. great. You didn't just. But the question is, what if someone else that you're competing against does all that though, and then they look like they've like, oh, Michelle says she has the answers, but this guy really like laid out what all the answers are. I, that's I the, think that's you, the you, question too. But you, you know? could stand by your ground and say like, uh, um, there's yeah. proprietary things that each one of us right. have. In we our don't business. compete with that. Yeah. And I think we don't yeah. compete with that. No. <laughs> and the agency, the big agencies are even more. Uh, like the veils there, like, oh, you don't know, you don't know nothing until you say yes. So yeah, it's, it's kind of neat that we can say like, we could play in that, that game a little bit and be like, we're not going to show is. you, but if you show a case study and what you did to, to do all that and the advantage you brought to that client that you're showing in the case study, you're really not giving away your tactics. 
You're no, your, right. You're giving away your, that you were strategic and you found a way and you made a difference for that client, but you didn't tell them they can't take that and, and now run with it, right? I mean, like you're not going that deep in the proposal. Um, I do basically the way my proposals go, and this is, mm -hmm. you know, so what I promise my clients when they get into this paid discovery is I say, um, what I give you is a result of this, uh, discovery and in the proposal, it's going to be detailed enough that you can either go with me or you can sh feel free to shop that around if you want to. Got it. It's going to be that detailed, but the, the hope but you're getting is, paid for it. Yeah. And they've been working with me over a series mm -hmm. of four meetings so if if I don't win their business at that point, I've done a terrible job. Mm. You know what I mean? Like yeah. if they feel like, oh, I'd rather I've been working with Wes. Don't really like him enough to to hire him at this point. I'm going to go somewhere else. Mm -hmm. Then that's on me. I got at that you. Point. I got but you. my promise is always that yeah, it's going to be. I mean, it's not going to be detailed like schematics, but it's basically mm -hmm. laying out all the strategies. Like these are the pages you need. This is the content that needs to be on them. The, the kind of content. But they're paying um, you at yes. that point. The site right? this is a You have paid yes. discovery. It's a paid so, element. Yes. That, and if they, if in the case where they just paid for that document, which is sometimes, then I don't include the proposal part Got with it. the pricing. But okay. if the, if the um, expectation is this is just step one and now we want to see what you'll charge to do it and then hopefully work together – then that's where the proposal elements are included on the end of that. Does that make Makes sense? sense? Yep. Yeah. yeah, it does. Okay. All right. So we need to get through more through this list here. Um, <laughs> we're only at number four. We'll go quicker. So the number four is, do you have the time? Um, and the, by the time, that means the time to actually dedicate to doing this proposal for free because you have to assume that you're not being compensated for it. Yeah. So, you know, and you said, Nick, you spend about three or four hours on average. Mm -hmm. So, yeah, you just have to say, like, is this worth three or four hours of my time? Yeah. That I'll potentially not get paid for. And do you um, have the time if it's a green light? Like, if you, in some cases, you can pr propose it by a, a week later and then they have an answer for you. Now, but do you have the bandwidth to actually do the job? Well, I yeah. That, I mean, that that's for any job, though. That's, that's yeah, for any exactly. job you take on, so. Yeah, but you're right. Do, do, but but I, I don't want to, like, discourage people to kind of, like, if you can find an extra hour in your day and a proposal comes your way and it, they're not coming as often or maybe this is the first one that comes your way, it's worth the shot to exercise how you're going to do this, right? Like, you know it's what I mean? It's worth making the time, you mean. Exactly. And even if it's an hour, even if it's just, you know, um, picking the brain of someone in your circle that has done this before, you know, and, and like, maybe there is a way I can do this or know you're investing in your business because whatever you create, you can use again. Yeah. You know, true. but, but you're right. The time does kind of, you know, you have to take that in consideration, but I think we have to give a little to our, I feel like we're giving it more to our business than we are giving it to a, the person or any particular third party. Yeah, sure. I would say it's a win, it's a win win. It's not going to get you the immediate mm -hmm. dollars, but over mm -hmm. but over time, yeah, yeah, I see it as a yeah. win. And it's the kind of thing that this is not one of the major points to consider because yeah, if it's a great opportunity mm -hmm. and all these you can check all these other boxes, yeah. then you should probably make the time. Yep. But if yep. you don't right. check the other boxes and it <laughs> seems 
waste of time, then maybe you're better not. Maybe you're better off spending those three or four hours on prospecting new clients. Yeah. Yeah. That's a good. That's a good rule (laughs) for some guidance on whether to take it or not. Ask this one at the end if everything else is yes. (laughs) (laughs) All right. So number five, kind of piggybacks on what you guys were talking about earlier. Do you have a connection? This is someone on the inside of the company. It is is really really ideal. Yeah. Oh God, and and it's the it's by far the uh, the catalyst for me that like says yes because it's like I'd be foolish not to at that point um, if someone yeah. brought me right. into the mix at this point. Yeah, um, you make the time no and, matter what. Yeah, and one of the biggest of the last year, obviously I had I had a connection there, and it made a huge difference for sure because mm-hmm. you like you got to see a little bit behind the scenes, and they can give you a uh, a few tips or tricks on how to wrap or kind of like frost, you know, your, uh, your final piece because of the likes or the personality of the people involved. <laughs> oh, it was, this was killer for me. I mean, holy crap. Yeah. Like, yeah. I got I their secret sauce. Yeah. Right. Right. They, they didn't get mine until it was like signed on the dotted line. No, it's totally you know? great. Yeah. To yeah get good that for kind you. Of, uh, in, inside good baseball you. info. Oh, and totally. then, yeah. Yeah. And it's you also like good to have someone who can, you know, all these baseball references, like go to bat for you when 100%. it comes time to make a decision. So says the oh, man no. that's not into sports. Good job, Wes. <laughs> Just came out. It's I'm a so man true, after though. all. I'm this a man, is... dad. No baseball. <laughs> <laughs> um, so number six is, will they meet with you either in person or virtually? Um, so this is something that, I would consider to be very important. Like I would have a hard time if I were to do this to put spend hours of my day on something where I've never even had a conversation with them. Yes, oh, is, me too. I'm the same. Yeah. Um, these are almost always um, initiated by email, in my yes. experience. Um, and they, yeah, I mean, if if I couldn't have a conversation with you first, it's it's a no go for me. Because I just this feel was, like it's not, it doesn't feel the, real. It feels like I'm a number at that point. Yeah, right. And you right. wonder and how, how could, many of us are there. Yeah, and how could you commit to yeah. that? Like, it just seems so yeah. kind of like virtual. And This is so the reason why we had our blind date, Wes. <laughs> I know, just to see if we had the chemistry. And I think uh, mission accomplished. There you go. I think it's mission accomplished. Well. No, this is so important. And if it is not in a, from Same a local city. perspective, some, you can't, mm-hmm, exactly. Yeah. Oh, video. I mean, I'm sending Google Hangout invitations regularly. They, you have to show me your face. We need to be able to read each other. How? Because mm-hmm. it's got to be a match in a way. Yeah. Chemistry is a really good word for this because if they don't – and it works both ways. They have to have a really good feeling about you. Oh, yeah. it gives you a chance to be, to be more than just uh, flat on paper and all that. It, it's, it's your chance to kind of yeah. do – like you were saying earlier too. The, and it the gives you a good chance to like, everything. okay, this this guy's a know-it-all. Our feedback review sessions are going to be really, really awful. Mm-hmm. It gives you a chance. How many times have you guys been through that? It's like they oh, know the yeah. answer. You're, they know everything. It's like this This is not for me. I'm going to lose sleep a little bit over this, mm-hmm. and Jason's going to think I'm a terrible wife for a good month or two. I'm not mm-hmm. taking this. No. Yeah. You can you can learn so much about the kind of client that are going to be on that first you can. interaction. You so can. Yeah. it's good for you. It's good for them to like put a face to you because think about in this kind of situation, 
I'll bet I, I don't know what I'll be making this number up, but I will bet like 20% of the applicants would actually request any kind of a meeting. So if you're one of those few, yeah, yeah. they'll remember yeah. you more. And then right. you get your chance to kind of do your recon and say, Absolutely. do I like this guy or not? Yep. So yes, it, that's yeah. what can set you apart. Yep. Absolutely. Okay. So kind of going with that, number seven is, will they answer your questions? Um, cause almost in every case, I know for me, this would always be the case. Um, there's not going to be all the information needed. So the exchanges are limited. Yeah. Yeah. So I think seven really goes with six. Um, so if you can't get that phone call or Skype, mm-hmm. Google Hangout thing, to a way to get answers to those missing pieces, um, you're definitely not going to be able to put a good proposal together. And oh, absolutely not. Yeah, and if they if they say they're too busy for that or whatever, then move on. I a great example in this one was the latest one that we had done, and I had spent a lot of time on. I followed up with and this was after and they're based in chicago so i didn't really meet them but we did a video and we did a few other things and when i had my list of questions that poor train of email or that thread (laughs) oh my god it lasted so long they were like they'd answer it and i'm like well you kind of didn't answer number seven i need a little more info and god I, i saw that list of questions like 40 times down the email train and i was like oh my god did i just is it me did that was i not clear enough so I think, again, maybe have the question thing more <laughs> yeah. uh, virtual rather than email is maybe a better way. You know, I like it written. You know, I think that's the, the key there. But I, could, yeah. I didn't anticipate it was going to be so freaking <laughs> detailed. Well, you can't. No. And you yeah. can't project that. I thought it was, it was like seven. There were seven stages or seven deliverables, I guess. I think. And to, to be honest with you, maybe to my – I knew this, but each seven has, now has about six subs in them so oh this project has gone you know so yeah viral in a bad way but the funny thing is yeah yeah, but then it's your job to follow like a few of these things now have gone way beyond what the proposal detailed and there are six or seven more layers in each one so i follow back and be like this is great we could do it but the proposal needs to be updated now because you're squeezing in you know a little bit more here so I felt good that I was that questionable at the beginning and had a lot of fine. Sure. I had a lot of fine questions, you know? Yeah. Yeah, Good. And if you have good questions, that's going to make you stand out as well. Oh, hundred percent. Because they'll be like, Oh wow. This guy. I mean, if you ask, they always say there's no such thing as a stupid question. I, I think there are, but if you ask good questions, then, um, Oh yeah. The technical ones that show your expertise in that way. I think like in packaging, there's a lot you, you can ask about, you know, do you have standards? Do you have, do you know the legal size that it's got to be on there? You know, all those little things. And, and I almost ask that knowing they're going to say no, but what that does is it, make, it tells them that, you know, yes, you know, right. you know the answer to it. Yes. Yeah. So it's true. It's like, it's like a big old chess game, man. Exactly. <laughs> yeah, it is. It is. <laughs> One step ahead. So number eight, uh, can you speak to the decision makers? Are they going to be in on any of this? Um, cause there, I think we've all been there before That's tough. Yeah. where we, and I, I've gone through this even fairly recently where we do the, the discovery and then the followed by the proposal or the solution presentation. Um, and then to find out, Oh, none of you are the decision makers. So I've ba- basically been selling they channel everything. to you. <laughs> yeah. I've been selling to you for like five straight meetings 
And now, like, now you're going to have to convey this to your bosses and you're not going to do the right, a very good job of it. So that's so frustrating. So it's always good to make sure um, any questions you're asking, um, anything you're submitting actually gets to a decision maker so they know Mm -hmm. what your thought process is and all that stuff. Because otherwise... What would you say the tip would be there is to, like, Ask more of the top – if you don't get the access to that person, maybe ask the most black and white, yes or no, objective questions so they are held accountable even if you're not talking to that top dog, I guess. You know what I mean? Well, I would even say – I am not. I wouldn't even want to do – like if, if I talk to a client now and they say – and I, I'll tell them in the beginning before we even get started – um, all the key decision makers, all stakeholders need to be present for these meetings. And if they say that's not possible, I'm not going to do it. Got I'm it. just not because it's it at all. It almost always ends in not getting the job in the end. True. But how you do know? you so? But but stakeholders vary, I guess, in because like I have a few clients where it's just it's a one person business and. And that's the person I talk well, to. Those are great. But then I have, yeah. <laughs> but then I have clients that uh, I, there are about fifty people above the people I'm dealing with. So, I would you, I would say you, stakeholder yeah. means anyone who's going to be weighing in on this, anyone who's going to be on that email chain later, mm-hmm. who's going to have like want to get their their little mitts on it. That yeah, those people need to be there because they need the benefit of my explaining what I'm yes proposing. Because what happens is if I'm not there to do it, and I'm not patting myself on the back like I'm only I can do it. But if any time it goes through a chain of other people, mm-hmm. things get lost in translation and things that I am able to yes. convey as being really important, they're not yeah. going to be conveyed that way through no. the other people. Unless so, they do a straight up forward, which absolutely can't be guaranteed. This is really, really tricky because a lot of this is out of your control. Yeah. Well, and this is why I don't do email proposals anymore. I present them because mm-hmm. so much can get lost and glossed over. People will skim it. Um, yeah, so I might even go so far as to say if, if they can't give you the time to present your proposal, um, then I would even pass on that. That's me. I just don't find yeah. that written proposals are effective. My only fear was that is sometimes it opens the door to the whole design by committee once the project has started. And mm-hmm. all those people, those stakeholders, are now on every freaking email. <laughs> and oh, I'm no, like, they don't need no to doubt. be. At, at that you, point, you know, they don't need to be. I know. And I have and yeah. my policy is once we have said yes and everything, I, if someone had this terminology or this sentence and it works great, it's just like you get to elect a point person to be mm-hmm. the person for me, you know, it's like, that's your, that's your responsibility. And, yeah. and yeah, it helps, but I know like those, it could creep sometimes. And I had to check myself on one last year that became 10 people on a freaking phone call talking about yeah. PMS 365. Like, are you kidding me? Like how in the <laughs> world did that happen? And yeah. I, and, and I, and I, I will always look at me first and say, wow, I kind of let that happen. And I should have, you know, <laughs> cause you're yeah. just trying to please it. And next thing you know, Cindy from accounting is talking about green and she never liked it even as a kid. And you're like, wow, <laughs> what the hell? <laughs> yeah. You know, no, I, you know what? I think I actually have in my contract somewhere that says um, I will have the weekly sync meetings with me and one point person. I think it's even in there because I have had those meetings where it's like 10 people on the call 
and everyone just uh, feels like they have to say something. Yes. Like yeah. no one can oh. ever just sit silently on the call. Like no. everyone Aren't has you to. Just the note taker, you know. It's like yeah. he's... <laughs> everyone wants to be heard. So <laughs> yeah, right, right, right. But um, okay. So that's the decision Too many cooks. maker part. Sorry, what, Mikkel? Too many cooks. Exactly. Yeah. Makes for a terrible steak. Um, so the next question <laughs> is: There a budget, and is it a good budget that you can work with? Um, so so many RFPs. I don't think I've ever seen any that actually come with a budget attached to it. Um, however, it's one of the first questions I will ask a client um, just to make sure we're on the same page. You know, I need to know that ballpark. Here's my number. Here's your number. Do they, is there any kind of overlap there or are we playing in to- totally different ballparks? So what I would do if, if it didn't come with it, I would definitely want to have, you know, a, a lot of this can go into that one phone call. Set up mm-hmm. a phone call. If they won't do it, bail. If they do it, um, ask any questions you need, including the budget question. Yeah. If, In most cases, they haven't done this before, so they want they need to be educated on what this is going to cost. Absolutely. However, if they're thinking, everyone's got to, even if they've never done it before, everyone has a number, a hazy little number inside their head. They of don't course. really want to communicate it. Oh, yeah. It's not like, oh, it could be $5 or a million dollars. I'm open. No, it's yeah. like it ha- this is the top we're going to spend. <laughs> totally. You know? Love I, it. So I get that all the time. I'm on the, the, the first call with a client. And it's like, so, you know, I'll tell you my ballpark range is, you know, between ten and 20000 And they're like, oh, oh, uh, I, I've got about 2000 I'm like, well, then – you probably need to hire yourself a freelancer. Yeah. That's just like, that's, <laughs> you know, <laughs> so it's, it just, you need to know that going in. Yeah, you're, I'm not going to spend right. three hours on a proposal. Uh, yeah. I had a, I, I did with this big one that would happen. They didn't offer any focus on or target on the price, gave it to them. Everything was great. We went through it. Then we had to hire a, a particular illustrator for part of the job. And what was interesting was I became like the the, the negotiator with the artist because I was kind of bringing them in, even oh. though they were going to build a client and it wasn't going to go through me. But what was funny was they came in rather high and mm. the client comes back mm. to me and he just was like, I'm just going to tell you, we have blank for it. He's like, make it happen. <laughs> and so yeah. here's a guy who with me had nothing, was just like, you tell me. And we'll, yeah. luckily I, met, I, I hit or probably came in low, who knows. But how funny with because when when timing came into play, he was just like, "We have this, get it, make it happen." Oh yeah, <laughs> and I just thought no, that was hilarious. <laughs> you know, it is gr- no totally because like it, it is funny. Like if they people will say, "I have no idea what it, what to expect," and then you throw out a big number and they'll say, "Oh no, it's I have this." <laughs> like just like you said, mm-hmm. throwing out a big number will often make people uh, yeah just fire back quite the quite quickly hone in Absolutely. on the number. Yeah, yeah. Okay, so the last one here. Uh, before we go to the listener question is, are they local? Now, this is not necessarily a deal breaker. It's just consideration. Yeah. But generally speaking, you're more likely to get a, companies are more likely to give their business to a local company. um, Sometimes they even ask for it. Yeah. So, you know, it's not a, like I say, deal breaker, but you're probably more likely to get it if you're mm-hmm. in the area. 
oh, there's a few clients that are not local that I think, God, I could see the total advantage if we were, you know? And so mm -hmm. I guess, you know, that it is a big qualification on the client's end with an RFP if you are local. You can obviously, there's exceptions to every rule, but it makes a big difference. The ones that I am local to, that we can just mm -hmm. drop over really quick and do something, you know, down the road. Yeah. There's so many advantages to this. But like you said, Wes, it's there not are. the it's not the make or break. It's truly the consideration to think yeah. about. But yeah. I I oftentimes take advantage of this. I'm a proponent of it all the same, um, to a degree. And I oftentimes take advantage of this with specific print media media projects. Yeah. Because for a client that wants to hire you locally for creative, they're most likely going to want to utilize a production vendor that's local too. And it gives mm -hmm. you the chance to see the whole process through. I will require that I'm on press check, that we will go through the rounds, that it's a part of the bid, that it assumes three rounds perhaps. Yeah, all of that mm -hmm. yeah. is a huge advantage. Yeah, absolutely. And someone who I, I haven't, haven't met in person with a client in a very long time. So it doesn't really matter to me, but I just know that it's more likely, you know, if, if yeah. it's someone out of Pittsburgh, they're probably, they're probably going to end sure. up going with someone there more often than not. But yeah. you could still get it if, you're, if you come in um, with good numbers and a good plan for them. So yep. you yeah. can do it. You can do it. <laughs> Hopefully that was helpful for anyone thinking of uh, doing an RFP. And we do have a listener question coming up. But before that, it's time for Fresh Books. Um, Fresh Books, I tell people all the time on the street. I tell family members, you know, <laughs> children at the playground, whoever will listen. Uh, <laughs> Fresh Books makes ridiculously easy to use cloud, cloud accounting software for, you know, agencies, freelancers, designs, designers of all types to help you work smarter, get organized, and get you paid quickly. 60% uh, of the time, invoices are paid within one day. Crazy. It's the future, I tell you. So they've been completely redesigned for the way that designers work. And it, the, the whole interface just looks great. Um, you know, it's it actually makes invoicing seem sexy, if you can imagine such a thing. Because <laughs> I hate invoicing, but they take care of it for me. Um, they And they create the really professional-looking invoices in under 30 seconds, um, with your brand colors, with your logo. It just makes you look really professional. And you didn't have to do hardly anything to get there. Um, they have the notification center. You'll always know what's changing your business since the last time you logged in, what needs to be dealt with, like overdue invoices. Um, it's a really great feature. Their app is great. Their support is amazing. We know that. So, to claim your 30-day unrestricted free trial with FreshBooks, go to freshbooks.com slash deeplygraphic and enter Deeply Graphic Design in the How Did You Hear About Us section. Again, freshbooks.com slash deeplygraphic and enter Deeply Graphic Design in the How Did You Hear About Us section. And I just sent right. two notifications to clients while you were talking. Look there at you that. go. See, there you go. 30 seconds, 30 seconds. <laughs> All right. So today's question comes to us from... Samantha Kleinschmidt. I hope I'm saying that right, Samantha. So I'm trying to Great shorten this. Name. It's a little long, but I love the question. Yeah. Um, she says, I come from a rural Midwestern town, uh, graduated college, moved to a bigger city, trying to establish brand presence online. Um, on places like LinkedIn, Instagram, and my actual website, things have gone great. 
I've seen consistent growth in followers and engagement, and it's been quality interactions for the most part. However, my professional business page on Facebook is a mess. My friends and family have flooded that page with posts and comments that have nothing to do with the projects I'm this showing on my feed. This so hard. Yeah. Um, a few <laughs> examples. My aunt commented on a client's project asking me when I'm getting married. Or a friend once said, is this the chick that made you redo this logo four times? What a bitch. <laughs> oh, my obviously, goodness. Oh, obviously, I deleted these God. comments um, when I saw them. Uh, and ask the offenders to stop. <laughs> but it's gotten to a point where I don't post on Facebook anymore in fear of what comments I'll get. Yeah. Um, so basically, huh. the big question is, what are your tips on pushing your design business on social media while trying to keep up a personal online presence? How do you keep them separate? Um, yeah, this is... Th- that did make me laugh as well. Um, oh my God, yeah. I remember like... I, I in- maintain both. I don't mix the two. Yeah. And um, I have people that request to follow me on my personal account that's private pretty regularly. And I dismiss them, not to be rude, but I dismiss the request because um, that's a little too much insight into my well, life and my child's life. I guess, can you control so, it, though? I, and I, I was going to ask you, Wes, this, because I think on Facebook you're much I always more do. I didn't quite finish, though. I yeah. always do. From those that request to follow, I always find them through my MKM account, and I request to follow them so that they know that my other there account is readily available, and I'm happy to happy to connect with you in in this way. Yeah. And we're talking Facebook with this, yeah. Um, I, that's referring to Instagram that I okay. was just exemplifying. Which is, I feel Got like it. it's so different for me because I think in Samantha's case, I can understand when you. You, you've been on Facebook for years, and it's all friends and family, right? Let's face yeah. it. I think that, that platform started in that zone, and now she made a business page. And, of course, Aunt Susie is going to follow your business <laughs> page, you know? And so you're going to get you probably those... asked Aunt Susie to follow it, too, because that's oh, like exactly, right? To like get at, you ask all your friends and family to, to like so your page. It's gonna you ha- I guess it's going to happen. And I just, you know, I'm so not on Facebook at all, and, like, to me, I think it's because the community in Twitter and in Instagram was built more because of people that I wanted to follow in our field and potential people you want to work with or work for. So, yes, there's your friends on there, but I think it keeps it more on the business side. Um, but it's the Facebook part that I think she, she she's having the issue with because it was built on that platform and that foundation where it was so many friends and family first. Yeah. Um, but – my question to you, us, would be like, so she's saying she, it's her post in the feed, not so much Facebook ads that she's doing for her business. So, like, mm-hmm. is is there still a value to have um, an active Facebook um, page for your business? That's just that, and and not the not the paid ads, but you know your yeah. feed, because I I haven't posted um, on that in yeah. five years. There and there might be there is some correlation. They say especially, but. Um, if you, they say now if you're doing live video on your Facebook page, you do get a slight bump when you're doing Facebook ads. Meaning they're encouraging that, right? Yeah, they're encouraging mm-hmm. that right now. So you will – if you can do those, you'll see a slight benefit, like meaning you'll probably pay a lower um, price per click Okay, that way. But it's – the science is fuzzy on that. <laughs> Like these are just and, and people they change that, it all the time, right? Yeah. So yeah. I don't know that that's actually true, but they say it's true. Having said that, 
I'm not a huge proponent in um, Facebook pages for business right now. There's very little benefit. Um, with their new algorithm change, you basically get no organic reach with that mm-hmm. anymore. Um, 1% of, the, of your page's followers will ever see a post you put on there. Wow. Um, you need it to do Facebook ads. But so what I would recommend is, you know, you can probably safely let your Facebook page go. Mm-hmm. You probably don't have to do much to it. Uh-huh. Um, I would focus right. your, you know, anything client facing, do Instagram. And then to, to kind of make this a little more complicated, you really have to ask yourself, is your business, are you front facing in your business? Because there's a lot of businesses that require a person up front like think you know amy porterfield it's not Mm -hmm. a business it's 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 her like if she's not out there so at at that point you do have to kind of pick a lane and say is my instagram for my friends where i'm doing posting all my beach photos or is it really me being the mascot and the front-facing person for my business 100 percent. so it's it is hard to do both and I've got friends who aren't even designers. I've got several um, realtor friends who are doing the same thing, where they've got their Instagram. And they've kind of shifted yeah. it from their just like Saturday, sloppy Saturday night photos to now like me and this listing, like isn't New this listings. brownstone? And yeah. so, and you do see like some of their friends like just make, like they'll make kind of inappropriate comments <laughs> because they're not used to yeah. this being a professional kind of um, uh what am I trying to say? Like a professional Form. arrangement now. So, yeah, yeah. you know, what I would do is just kind of uh, maybe kick everyone off of your Facebook. Well, actually, I would just let your Facebook page go. Die. I wouldn't even do yeah. too much with it. Answer people's questions as they come up. But you can probably safely just yeah. relegate it to the background. And she and said the she's good having news success. Is, yeah. Success you know, on other, other things. Way. Yeah. And like keep yeah. that going, I think, because that's again, it's not based. It's it is based on more of a follower than a friend, maybe in a way. So mm-hmm. like, or more chosen by you too, who you follow and who follows you. So yeah, yeah, the Facebook part is uh, what really cracked me up because it's I see that with a lot of other people too. And even you might click on and see a business that you're looking at, and you'll see friends and family chiming in, and it's like it's it might not be the right form for it. <laughs> yeah, you know. And, like, so, and I got to ask you guys, because I don't use Instagram yeah. for, for work. Um, do you yeah. guys ever find clients from Instagram? Or is it kind of just a dribble where other designers can admire your work? I basically? think that's all it's be- – to me, that's yeah. all it's really – It's mainly the latter. Yeah. 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 And I sure question clear, it. Right. And I question the amount of like, you know, uh, how, you, how much you have to keep that up if that's all it is um, sometimes. So – and I think that's why Instagram has a new feature every freaking day is because they know we're going to slowly kind of like, I don't know, it's like all we're talking to are the same folks of like that are just like us in a way. So, and look at, they just offered questions that came out, what, yesterday or the day before? And it's like, look how fast that is just, it, it's like that's all Instagram is now. So it's like, if you're not getting clients through it, I don't know. It's like, again, it's like just what we talked about. How much are you going to contribute to the RFPs and the timing and all that time you're going to have to do? Same with with Instagram. I really think LinkedIn might be the best thing because you can add the the type of people who are likely to hire you. And then you can do posts on a regular basis and they will 
most likely see them. They'll see them much more likely than they would see your Facebook post at this point. Um, yes. But, and there, this is a little difficult because it's hard to get all the pe- the right people, but if you do a Facebook group, I highly recommend doing that, and you can control who's in go. and out of that group. So uh, and if you have a Facebook group um, and you post something within that, it's almost everyone will see those posts. So yep. that might be what I would recommend for you the most. From there, it's a matter of advertising like that. that group to the right people to come in and you're offering helpful tips in that group. You're not just advertising yourself. That never works anymore. Yeah. So the idea is you're offering helpful tips. Come in here for, for all that. And then do live videos once a week. Do um, just post news and you know content that they can use, that kind of stuff. And you'll do Love fine. it. Yeah. Good luck, right, Samantha. Cool. <laughs> yeah, thanks, Samantha. And uh, keep sending in those listener questions to questions at thedeependdesign.com. And, um, of course, our new thing we're plugging here, go to thedeependdesign.com slash classics and pay with a post and get access to our entire back catalog of classic episodes. Ones you delivered remember. to you on vinyl. Exactly. <laughs> Can you Don't imagine? Do. That would be amazing. Yeah. Don't promise things we can't deliver on. I'm sorry. <laughs> yeah, that's right. Um, but, yeah, so go get those back episodes. And uh, anything else you guys want to talk about before we head off? We're going long here. I think we're good. Look at this. Okay. Right at yeah, this one got to be a little long. Yeah. Got away from us. All right. All right, guys, thanks for listening, and catch us next time on the Deeply Graphic Design Cast.